So yeah, I can be a pilot. At the Air Force Academy, I can be anything. Army and Navy, play for second. That's a long, big, beautiful blue line. You have some grit, you have some perseverance. I'll tell you what, you can do it now all areas of life. That's just the way you gotta compete. Welcome to Thin Air. What's going on, everybody? It's the Fast Meat Below Average podcast. Today is a very happy day. It's graduation day for the class of 2019. I am Kamish. I'm also on the line right now with Archie. What's going on, Archie? Not much. Uh, good to see the class of 2019 graduating. Obviously, social media is blowing up. President Trump was in the house. Thunderbirds were in the house. So a lot of good stuff going on today. Yeah, Um really cool we were talking about it before and you were basically saying just how it brings back a lot of good memories and it's one thing that i think is kind of underrated that's cool is it's like every graduation looks the same from the pictures and like the angles that they get they always get that same angle where they're kind of in the i guess it's from the south east looking at the cadets and that because the the thunderbirds fly over from the northwest and so they always get that shot of the cadets throwing their hats up in the air at the same time that it goes over. And it's just really cool because it's like, I think that's so important that we all have kind of shared experiences, even though everyone's experience at the Academy is completely different. And so really just awesome to see. And, uh, I thought it was great. The weather was awesome. It looked like the weather was awesome yesterday for, um, commissioning as well. Cause they do that the night before in case you didn't know. And, uh, just really exciting times. I, I know swear, that now. I swear yeah, the weather. I swear the weather's on like the same cycle every year. Where wasn't there like a foot of snow at the academy a week ago? Yeah, and I, I feel like that. that happens multiple times. Like around our graduation, it was cold and like sleeting, and it seems to knock on wood never align with graduation day. But imagine if imagine if on graduation day there was a foot of snow in May. Like how ridiculous that would be. I think it has happened in the past, but it, it does feel like at least for the last few years. And then even like when we were there and I remember the graduations while we were cadets that we had to go to, uh, they always had perfect weather, but you're right. And it's, it's funny because I feel like around finals time, they'll always get one day where there's cadets jumping into the fountain where the weather's really good. And then they'll have another day where it's snowing. And they always yeah. kind of make that joke where they're like, oh, you know, it's crazy. It was only like this the other day. It's a good and then joke. by graduation. It's a, it's a really good joke. Yeah, the classic. Uh, if you don't, if you don't like, like the weather. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Hey, Kamish. What's up? Uh, you know what they say about the weather in Colorado Springs? What's that, Archie? If you don't like it, just wait an hour. There you go. That's all it is. <laughs> I've heard, I've heard fi- as much as 15 minutes, too. And it is true, but obviously that's true everywhere. You know what else? Um, uh, do you know what the state bird of Colorado is? What's that? The mosquito. <laughs> that's another good one. It's like uh, it's oh, a little man. summertime bug joke. Yeah. Uh, we're, we're big bug guys over here. Um, <laughs> but it's funny because um, – it is. It's just, it feels like that every year. And like we said before, it's the one week of the year where it's absolutely perfect. It feels like they're always the, like the groundskeeping 
people, the, I don't know what they are, if they're like contractors or whatever, but I feel like they, them and the construction workers, all they're doing is working year round to have it prepared for graduation week. And I think, dance. yeah, I think that's coincidence. They just get a little pep in their step around May and they decide mm-hmm. to turn the fountains on coincidentally and, you know, spray paint the grass green coincidentally. And for some reason, that portion of the Tizo that you had to walk around, which added five minutes to your walk to class every day, is all of a sudden clear. It's just weird. I don't know why it happens that way. but And then once June rolls around, it's back to the way it was. Yeah. I, I guarantee you that tomorrow, maybe June 1st, maybe it'll still be nice for a couple of days, but June 1st, the Tizo blocks will start crumbling and everything will start turning brown. And the fountains and, will be spitting green water. Yeah, but... It'll be really nice over by what's that hall? The uh, the AOG building. It'll be really nice over there. So yeah. all the parents <laughs> dropping off their kids will have a nice view. It's mostly everything that they do is for the parents visiting. That's true. Um, so I I figured for this episode, um, what we would talk about is we would just kind of talk about graduation and talk about what happened today. We both watched um, President Trump's speech and uh, the the whole graduation thing it was electric it did get off to a late start i think air force one landed a little bit late and i think they closed down i-25 and what i was thinking about is i was like you know what they really need if they want to get the president on time to falcon stadium wings of blue (laughs) okay that's good that might be better than my idea having him just jump in just tandem jump have them jump in it in the bird be, suit. Yeah, well, in the bird suit might be good because I was going to say that might not be the best look for his hair to be that much wind rush. But well, that's yeah. He has the bird suit going, and then he just like jumps onto the stage and just rips it off. But another thing that I was thinking is if you get a cadet, you get like a obviously the firsties have to be there for graduation, but you get a junior who's called, who's been really close to missing taps a few times. They'll get you from Colorado Springs airport to Falcon stadium in 10 minutes. Yeah. Easily make it happen. Yeah. Um, so he came in, it was great. And the one thing that is always, I think is awkward. I think is the walk from the tunnel to the stage. I think it's awkwardly long because it goes, from the area behind the end zone through the end zone and then out to like the 30 or 40. It is. Yeah. It is kind of staged out. It's kind of funny because like when they first start walking out, everybody's going crazy that you hear everybody cheering and then it kind of dies down a little bit and then the band might pick it up a little bit and everyone starts cheering again. It takes like 10 minutes and it's just kind of waves of like a minute of excitement, a minute of people just kind of doing nothing, a minute of excitement, even though it's just the same exact thing. They're just walking the entire time. Yeah. And then, um, let's see, they do like the, the non-denominational prayer at the beginning, which is always nice. And then after that, general Silveria gave some remarks and then general Goldfine gave some remarks and the secretary of the air force gave some remarks and they're all really, really nice. But when you're sitting there or even when you're waiting for like the, the keynote speaker, usually if it's the president, if it's like the, if it's the SecAF doing it or something, it's not as exciting. I hate to say it, but I feel like everybody is just waiting for the president to speak. And it was the same thing when president Obama was there and I'm sure, uh, for other presidents in the past. And so that's just kind of a funny thing, but the I guess the highlights from 
some of their speeches were the secretary of the air force. She got up and said, gave an altimeter check, which was pretty good. She did say Annapolis first. And it's, I believe it's a West point or Annapolis, not Annapolis or West point. Just nerd nerding out there. Yeah. Got your contrails out. I was going to say she would have failed my knowledge test. So, <laughs> um, but that was good. And then, um, what to say about president Trump's speech. It was electric. Yeah. I mean, we all know the man knows how to stir a crowd and it was just, I, I mean, we've, I think we both saw president Obama talk, um, Previously, I think we both saw everyone's seeing clips of Reagan and Bush talking as well. And every president's obviously going to bring a little bit of a different flair to their speeches and definitely dependent on uh, who they are and kind of what their what their game plan is. But the one thing that I thought was awesome to see, and obviously everyone's uh, Trump's such a polarizing topic for people um, one way or another. But the thing that was awesome to see was and we talked about this before we started was it was very non-political and not that that's right or wrong but what it did was it just kept the focus on the reason why he was there why he was there and he was kind of like you said it was like he was just talking to the military the way he would want you would want your commander-in-chief to talk to you so it was we can talk more specifics but that was kind of my initial takeaway there was i thought it was a great speech yeah uh, same with me and especially because the way and, and I want to I want to take politics out of this because so I say politics and I know politics is an overarching term and the military is a political entity, but I'm talking about the speech wasn't political in the way of campaigning and it wasn't political in the way of really talking about um, you know other issues that are going on. It was focused on just like you said exactly what they were there for, and it was really interesting how. He was able to bring like I felt like he just glided through the speech, like how he was moving through everything. It was like watching a show like that you paid to to paid to see. He was bringing people up on stage. He was making jokes. He his pardoning of the cadets who had uh, confinements was hilarious. I will say the one thing I don't know if you realize is that that only goes to certain things. That's like if you um, I think it's only a cat one in cat two so basically if it's nothing i think if it's above that like i think even if you get i think even if you like bust di or something and or go positive for di i think that you that doesn't even count but i don't think um, i don't think uh pardoning from the, the the speakers at graduation has gotten anybody off of anything in the past like 10 years yeah but what how funny would it be if you actually did follow up with it <laughs> yeah like he, he checks in later. If somebody yeah. writes him. He's like, sir, I've, they're still making me march tours. I got a DUI a year ago. Uh, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> like this, this is unacceptable. Yeah. Um, yeah, but, but also I think that there was a lot of people, and maybe this is just because we have our like ears a little too close to the ground. So I did see a lot of the people who care about it from a more political thing. I saw stuff on Twitter like, the entire Air Force Academy, all the cadets should just walk out What with them. Yeah, I saw that. And it, I mean, these are people who have no idea what it's all about. And what's they what's also so don't realize, like what the cadets are doing there and who the president is in relation to their job. Exactly. But I think and, and that's what's so amazing about it is because 
as as much as people like to think that the academy is this monolithic thing and that it's extremely conservative i mean it's more conservative than your average campus but at the end of the day it is very diverse and there are a lot of political opinions and it's just like it goes to show that people still look at him as the commander in chief and you're respecting the office that he holds whether it's the person or it isn't and like we said um that's what's I mean, I think that's what's the most important thing. And the people who keep that in perspective, I'm sure, really enjoyed it no matter what side of the political spectrum you're on. Um, and it was the same thing for, for President Obama. I will say President Obama's speech, the last one, it was in 2012. It had a, it was a little bit campaigny. He talked about other issues outside of the military. Um, and But overall, it was a very good, it was a very positive speech. And so... The same can be said across the board. And I'm sure there was complaining back then. I, I didn't follow it as closely as I do now because of FMBA, but um, it was great. So just to kind of dive into what exactly he talked about, um, I I, was, I wasn't surprised, but I didn't think he was going to talk about the Space Force, and he definitely talked about it. <laughs> and that was awesome because it's just one of those things that it has – he seemed – and what he said was basically that he's very proud of himself – for bringing it up and getting it in everybody's mind. Um, and it's funny because it's just like, well, there's no other real plan outside of that. And so it's, I don't know. It's I, also to me, it's like, I don't even remember. Was it last summer maybe that it was brought up? And I remember there's like two days of talk, two days of memes. And it's kind of like gone silent from there. Like, I don't remember any, but I haven't heard about the Space Force. I haven't heard of any development plans for the Space Force up until now. So that's why it was kind of funny to hear him talk about it. Yeah. Well, and obviously, and he also alluded to the fact that we have space officers. He, he, and what, what was cool about it too, is, is how much he knew. Cause I always do make a judgment on how good a speech is at the Academy based on how prepared they seem to be when it comes to making references to, uh, things at the Academy and when they're making references to like cadet culture, if you will, and so uh, he was, I mean, whether it was just like he had those points down or whether he actually had a good understanding of the Air Force Academy, like bringing up the fact that cadets are doing, um, that they, they've launched satellites and bringing up like kind of wings of blue and, and gliding and, and flying programs and things like that. Um, I thought that was really cool. I mean, and to be, how, just to be like kind of devil's advocate transparency wise every I, what i've seen is every single speaker talks about that stuff and he obviously had teleprompters to his right and his left and i more than likely if you're thinking about logistically how this went down where was he recently he was overseas earlier this week right somewhere in asia maybe i don't remember exactly but more than likely on air force one on the way here they probably briefed him on the specifics how to pronounce some names and then he just read off the teleprompter with his little riffs. And I think what makes president Trump more entertaining to listen to is people. A lot of people are very cautious to go off script. So they have their teleprompters, they read them and that's it. And I think what makes him more entertaining is that he will read the teleprompter just like everybody else has done, but then he'll go off script and do things like bring up Parker Hammond or, or Nick ready today and kind of get the crowd a little bit more involved, making people stand up, pointing at people, clapping, and just kind of little side remarks here and there that, that people find humorous. But I'm sure he was briefed on the flight and on the trip, on the drive over, on kind of the little specifics, and then he just read a script that was 
probably pretty much just prepared for him beforehand. Yeah, no doubt. I mean, I don't, I don't think he's like some Yusafa history buff or anything like that. Well, we but, know he's a big um, fan, but of us, but uh. <laughs> yeah. Um, but I, I thought it was cool how he like told the story of like uh, Valmore Burke and all that stuff, and I thought that was that was really interesting um, that he was able to bring that up for people who may not have known about it because. Um, it is. It's just like going back to the the whole legacy thing of graduation in the academy. As far as quotes, there wasn't anything that stuck out in my mind. Like when he had the, when he when the Air Force Academy went, the football players went to the White House to get the Commander in Chief's trophy. Um, that was just full of quotes. The long, big, beautiful blue line. Yeah, you beat Air, you beat Army, you beat Navy, all that kind of stuff. We didn't exactly have anything like that. I don't know. Was there anything that stuck out in your mind that was like quotable? Uh, the one that I thought was funny was uh, he was like, "You were really." He was like, "You were really prepared for Beast," and nobody really responded. And he goes, "Come on, you know what the hell that is, don't you?" Yeah. <laughs> that was like, when he doesn't get the response that he's expecting. He kind of is like, come on, like, come on, you, you know, you know what that is, and then people will start laughing or clapping. So that was probably the funniest yeah. thing I saw. The other one was bringing Nick Reddy on stage was electric. It was like when he was asking to see if his muscles were real, and he's like feeling Nick's. <laughs> that was good. Feeling Nick's yeah. arms, and then he's like, they're real, they're real. <laughs> yeah, there's a lot that of people. They're real. Yeah, um, that was great. And then obviously bringing Parker Hammond on, which. If you haven't read the story about him, like a football player uh, found out he had cancer last year. Uh, most people that would sideline that. I mean, there are people who, um, and I, this isn't a knock on anybody, but there are people who get medical turn back for things like broken legs and stuff like that. And uh, he underwent chemotherapy, aggressive chemotherapy, and was able to graduate on time. And he's going to be a munitions officer for missiles. Um, and I mean, that's just the, the will to be able to do that, to work through how you're feeling, you know, when you're, when you're undergoing chemotherapy is unbelievable. Uh, and he looked great. I mean, he looked, he looked great in uniform. He looked healthy, um, looked happy. He was smiling after he came off the stage. I mean, granted his, uh, I know he lost like a ton of weight. He was a, he was a big, strong football player. Uh, his parade dress was definitely, definitely a little loose on him um but it's it's just great to see him you know feeling good again and going out and he will hopefully get to enjoy 60 days and then yeah. go to his base so uh i mean that was that was just a really really cool thing and then obviously really just hearing all the accomplishments kind of being read out by everybody across the board not just uh president trump but also the other speakers like the two um the two road scholars that we have and you know, all the athletes, how many, I think they said we had like 30, the class of 2019 has won like 30 conference championships in athletics. And so that goes back to like, you know, competing at the D one level with that rigorous lifestyle and rigorous schedule and, um, just some incredible stuff. So it was a cool, really cool time to, to kind of, you know, reflect and celebrate for the class of 2019. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it, Graduation kind of means something. I wouldn't say it means something different for everybody because everyone's ultimately going to the going to do similar things. They're all becoming second lieutenants, but everyone's path to get there is different. Not a single person has gone through the academy and it's been a breeze, right? Everyone's going to have their challenges. Some people were 
struggling for that 2.0 the entire time. Some people were, for whatever reason, struggling for that 4.0 the entire time. But everybody, uh, I think that's what makes the academy so much different than your normal university is if you go to the University of Michigan, one student could be, and this is obviously no like knock on it, it's just different. There could be a 40-year-old going through the University of Michigan that has two kids and had a previous job, and there could be an 18-year-old who's in a frat doing like the stereotypical college thing, and they're both University of Michigan graduates at the same time. I think the thing that makes it so special and really forms that bond at the academy is everybody is kind of in a similar path. You know, you can't be a certain age, you can't have kids, et cetera, et cetera. And all that stuff is there for a reason. So you can be at the academy, be focused on the mission, which is to graduate and become a second lieutenant. And obviously everyone comes from different walks of life, which is, which makes it even better. Uh, but it's kind of makes it all that more special that you kind of all got through it together um, and everybody kind of helped each other out along the way. Yeah. And that was a very nice thing of you to say, but I will correct you on one point. I don't think there's any 18 year old fraternity guys graduating. That would mean they were freshmen when they were 14. And I don't know well, how many guys are rushing, rushing Kappa Sig at 14. Uh, well, I mean, they're prodigies, but I'm not saying they're, <laughs> I'm not saying they're like a partying frat. It's like a math frat. <laughs> Yeah, math frat. There you go. Yeah, I know. I totally agree. And and as far as like what it means, like I just remember the emotion and it's like, I can't believe I'm here from because throughout your time at the academy. And I think most of the people listening to this are graduates or cadets anyways. um, So they probably I mean, this is just like kind of preaching the choir, but Every phase of the academy was something there was a different challenge and there was some a different thing that like I think people thrived in. So that feeling of like I cannot believe I made it here and thinking back over all the challenges was really it was really what made it cool. And so I would say that it was and actually so I'm I'm married and I've kind of had to rethink about this because I once said that it was that graduating was the happiest day of my life. And my wife was not thrilled about that. <laughs> uh, so I've, I've reconsidered. It was the proudest day of my life, for sure, that I was just like, I cannot believe like I was able to do this. And you almost kind of get – there's like some weird psychological syndrome where you feel like you – you know, I, I can't believe I did this. It's kind of – I think it's I, – I mean, I guess it goes for different people. But we had similar experiences in the sense that we weren't – cruising through there academically like no problem you know we everybody i'd say the majority of people have have their tough times but especially if it's like a struggle like you don't know if you're gonna make it to Prague, you know that puts a serious strain on you and it's like dude when you graduate it's almost more relief than anything else you're just like because you're looking you're looking over your shoulder for four years i remember the last like semester of senior year without even doing anything wrong, without even attempting to cheat, I would still be so paranoid on like, how could this teacher perceive that I tried to cheat even when I didn't? Because there's so much at stake after you commit junior year that you're just looking over your shoulder for two years. It's super unhealthy. And that'll even carry through a little bit to your active duty career before you realize that you're out from under the shades of Colorado Springs. But it's like, yeah, it's just relief more than anything else. Just like, oh my, I can't believe I'm, I actually made it through four years of that. 
Yeah. Well, and that goes, I mean, maybe this is like a conversation for another day, but I do think about that a lot of times with like the honor code, what it's turned into is like how there are aspects of it that, you know, people are kind of looking for that gotcha thing. And it's like, especially if you get in trouble for something like small and it's like, well, obviously when you're admitting to something that you did wrong, you don't want to get in trouble and you want to frame it to seem not bad, but then you have this whole other element to where it's like, well, someone going to accuse me of lying. And it's like, I don't know. And it goes, and I think that that there's like a lesson in that too. And I, and I've heard this before. I, I heard this philosophy about going through the Academy that you don't have time for everything. Like you just don't. So there's sometimes when you just have to take your L in one area. So that way you can, you know, survive or do it, do what you need to get through in other areas. So sometimes that'll mean, um, you know, it'll mean going, going to the gym so you can do well on your PFT and not, you know, study for some test or something like that. And so, or it might mean, and this is like the, the one of the more popular ones, it might mean skipping a briefing and knowing that you're going to get in trouble so you can finish up your paper just because you didn't have enough time. And then on top of that, you're expected to take care of yourself and get enough sleep and have a healthy, healthy relationships with your family and friends and significant others and things like that. And so it's just a total whirlwind and not, and everybody, I think at some point in some way gets knocked down. Uh, I mean, I know this was like a meme a long time ago, but it was like, um, you can only pick two. And it's like good grades and a, what is it? Good grades, good social life and and sleep. sleep. Yeah. Yeah. And that's, uh, it's even more true. Well, you could add like four other options to that (laughs) for the academy. Yeah. Yeah. And so it's, and there are some special people who can do all of it. Um, Obviously we've had like, you know, the road scholars who are also all American athletes and things like that. And so they might have it easier, but I mean, we don't know exactly what's going on with their like social lives and things. So yeah, it's, I think that's what it comes down to is that it's like to get, to take care of everything that you're constantly being told to take care of, you really can't do it all the time. And so that's what makes it so impressive is that you have these people who have done this, but they're also, they have all these intangible qualities that they've learned, like resilient, like true resiliency. And I know resiliency has become kind of a joke because they do the briefings on it, but truly being resilient and bouncing back when you, you know, are in your AOC's office because you just needed to get away for the weekend and you, you were positive for DI yeah. or whatever the case is, you and know, that's, and also, sorry, go ahead. I mean, those, those are the people who have the best stories is the people who are able to balance that. Absolutely. And sometimes, and sometimes make the mistake. If you go through, if you go through the Academy and you don't have any stories and your only story is, yeah, I, uh, I stayed in my room and studied. I don't think you got what the Academy is all about. Nor are you going to end up being the officer that you, they probably, that somebody wants to work for. Yeah, exactly. So yeah, it was a really cool time. Um, what did you do right after graduate? So right after graduation, the dumbest thing ever, I think, and I know there's like rules, about stuff that you have to do. Um, there, you're only allowed to, cause there, there's like official things that people don't realize is like, okay, once you ha- once your hats go in the air, then you're actually a second Lieutenant, even though you do the, 
uh, commissioning the night before that's more symbolic. And so there's certain things you have to sign off on and they make you go down to the warehouse and turn a bunch of crap in, which is just so annoying because all you want to do is get the hell out of there. And, and not only that, but, uh, what was the rule? You only had access until like five o'clock. And then after that, like our CACs didn't work. Yeah. They literally (laughs) give you like, I I think they had somebody in the stadium. Like I could see somebody do like one of the, one of the AMTs doing this. He's in the stadium, sitting in a chair. He has somebody next to him. He throws his hat in the air. They hack the clock. They have him walk out of the stadium, get into a car, drive up, see if he can get up with security forces. They say no, turn around, go in the parking lot, walk all the way up Vandenberg, go in his room, and then go straight to the AMT's office. And they were like, all right, that took 35 minutes, so we'll give him 40 minutes to get their CAC signed out to to include a little bit of traffic. Yeah, it's no like kidding. They, they have no leniency on that. Yeah. I remember, so what happened with me is I actually had a, like a graduation party at the golf course. And this was your piece of advice that you gave. Uh, you've given it in a few episodes, and it's a very salient advice. I completely agree. And it was have all of your stuff ready. When you're done with graduation, uh, be ready to go. And hopefully everybody did that today. But I had a grad- graduation party. I went, uh, drank about eight beers, did like five shots. I mean, zero, zero, one, three, whatever it is. And then went back, had my mom drive me up, load up my truck, um, like I said, already had been drinking, gave my first real salute to my AMT and then peaced out. <laughs> <laughs> so it was kind of a disaster. And then, like I said, so, and then we, uh, we stayed at the golf course. I think the people who were there were very nice. They stayed much later than I think they wanted to. And then I woke up the next day with a raging headache and did not have a flight home or any plan. I think my plan was that I planned on driving my truck back to the East coast and with my raging headache, I was like, "This, that's not going to happen." And so I and my my inter- entire first second lieutenant pay is going to a flight. Yes, and so my I bought a flight that morning. Didn't even get out of bed, and then was on the flight like that evening <laughs> back home. That's what you call uh, short term thinking, or uh, what's the word called? Near rocks, you know, near rocks. Well. And it goes back to the whole thing. Like I said, it's – or like you said, that feeling of relief, it's just like you can't even believe it. I didn't even think that day would ever come. So I wasn't even thinking about that. And I know there's people <laughs> who have it – like, and it's funny because the dichotomy of that and that experience is like then you have the people who are like that – the night of graduation, they had already begun their 60 days trip where they started out in Malaysia and yeah. were going to backpack through the mountains there and then end up in Antarctica – bounce to australia like take a trip with richard branson to the moon and go like do charity work in bangladesh and then <laughs> yeah mine was like, uh mine was like i just went home stayed home for a couple weeks and then went over to europe you needed some time to relax you know unwind a little bit yeah it's one thing that you always do hear about is people who have like the nightmares that they didn't graduate I don't I don't have anything where I like wake up in a cold sweat thinking that I heard Reveille or thinking that I heard people banging on my door. But I have had it's actually weird because I've had dreams where I think that I didn't do everything to graduate high school. And then in my dream, <laughs> I'm like 
trying to rationalize it. I'm like, wait a minute. I graduated from the academy. This makes no sense. And I'll all wake right. up thinking that I didn't graduate at all. So if you're cool with it, because we're talking about dreams and it reminded me of something. Can I totally just sidetrack this podcast to nothing you saw for related for about five minutes? Yeah, go for it. Okay. I mean, so, we'll see where this goes, but yeah. <laughs> dude, last night was one of the weirdest experiences of my life. Well, that's a bit of a stretch, but yeah, I was for, like, I've been to being, Denver a lot with you. <laughs> for, for it being a Wednesday night work week, it was it was crazy. So, um, without going into too much detail, I recently moved into a new place, and my bedroom has direct access to the backyard, and it's a big sliding door. So very fancy. Uh, yeah, not not really. <laughs> Obviously, there's blinds, sliding door. My bed's right there. Not, like, in a super nice area, so there's a bunch of stray cats roaming around. Um, chicken of the rail yard, I think they call it. Yeah. But, <laughs> so, okay, we're talking about dreams. I'm sleeping, and in my dream, swear to God, in my, I don't even remember the specifics, but in my dream, I hear all this meowing, like a cat meowing, constantly. And all I remember in my dream is going up to this door, but it was like a door to a room. And putting my ear to it and being like, that cat is super loud and annoying. And that's all I remember from the dream. I wake up, I'm in my dark room, and there's a cat meowing right outside my door. I'm like, okay, this is weird. So I just try and go back to bed, but it's really loud. Like, it's in my room is how close it felt. Just continuing to meow. Then I hear literally like, like it's like, I'm, I'm imagining this thing pouncing on the door trying to get in. And I have no idea what's going on. Um, so again, I try and go back to sleep. Finally, it gets to the point where I can't handle it anymore. So I open the blinds without turning any lights on just to kind of look and I don't see anything. I turn the light on to the backyard, it's a small backyard, nothing. I don't see anything. So I go back to bed. I kind of feel like I was imagining it. I'm half, half still dreaming or something. Second I get back in bed, I hear two more pounds on the window and then more meowing. So I'm like, all right, now I'm getting pissed off. I open the blinds and I turn on the light to the outside. And there's a wall, basically the corner of the wall that goes right up the side where the door opens. And it's brick. And at, I swear at eye level, there's this kitten staring at me like two feet away. But we're separated by glass. And it had one eye. And the other eye was red and bleeding down its face. It was disgusting. It was like a zombie cat. And it's staring at me. So again, I start pounding on the door. And it kind of scurries off. And I'm like, all right, I guess I'm in the clear. The second I get back in bed, that thing starts meowing again. So I just threw, uh, this is very anticlimactic, but I, then I just put in headphones. I, of course, I put on an FNBA podcast and I fell asleep. So... What was so the cat's real? Oh, the cat was real, dude. There was a kitten with one eye staring at me at eye level. We were separated by a little little bit of glass. And I'm not afraid of cats. Cats are obviously inferior to dogs, but like, dude, it was it was crazy. So wait, do you have a pet cat now? Uh, maybe if he's no, I don't want a zombie cat. I don't trust that thing. Wait, so his eye was bleeding though. He had one good eye. The other was like red, and there was blood running down it. So, a cat was a crying. A kitten was c- crying for help. 
Whoa, don't put this on me. <laughs> and you just left it? You put on a podcast? Dude, if you are alone in your place and there's a zombie cat staring at you a foot away, what do you do? Open the door and bring it inside? It was like skinny and and disheveled with a, with a bleeding eye. What would you do? I would take it inside. I would no, bring you it. Wouldn't. Yes, I would. I would bring it to a vet. It's a stray. Would you do that to a raccoon? A, a raccoon? You can't have a house raccoon. So have you Good. checked your backyard? Because you might have a dead cat in your backyard. No, actually, real time. I'm going to go look real quick. All right, no sign of a cat that I can tell. I'll keep you updated tonight, though. If it comes back, maybe it's haunting me. <laughs> um, well, I would say that, yeah, what I would probably do is I would probably have a pet one-eyed cat, but, uh, we're going to hope that, well, so here's the thing. I would have a pet one-eyed cat, but what you did is you just let it figure it out. And now it's probably running around. There's a one-eyed cat that's going to get really tough and he's going to remember you for the rest oh. of its life. <laughs> and it's going to remember that guy who could have helped it who just left it out for itself to fend for itself. And it's going to come back and beat the hell out of you. Maybe you're right. But also if you turn the light on, well, no, never mind. It's nighttime. So they can see. Yeah, you might be right. I might've, I might've dug my own grave there. Time will tell if there's a new uh, co co-host here in a month or two, then you know what happened. Wait, so do you not feel bad about the cat now? Or are you not worried about the cat? No, I don't feel bad. That thing was pissing me off. Dude, when you're trying to sleep, it's like, <laughs> yeah, I, get I feel that. like it's a different, like if it was daytime and I was in a good mood and this cat's, you know, meowing and I can kind of see what's happening. Like, I didn't want to bring this cat into my house at night. I don't know. There's too much going on. It's like three in the morning. I guess. Um, I don't know. I don't know if we have any PETA listeners, how they're going to feel about that. But that's a, that's a wild story. I have rabbits that come onto my porch and I try to feed them, feed them kale. Do they eat it? No. Nah. Superfood. Yeah, they don't really care about it. Oh, you know what I should do is um, get in a little eye patch for them. Oh, then we, yeah. Then we might be able to make, make amends. I mean, like he's going to come, like I said, he's going to come back with an, he's going to come back with an eye patch made out of like a junkyard dog. <laughs> And he's going to be tough. And he's like I said, he's going to beat the hell out of you. That's uh, yeah, that's pretty wild. I'm going to sleep with one eye open tonight. Yeah. You know, you know, just what like helped, that, though. just like that cat walks around all the time. You know, it would help <laughs> if you have a problem sleeping. So let's say next time you wake up at 3 a.m. and you you feel like maybe oh I should just be up now. I guess I would probably try to make a cup of coffee, but. Instead of a coffee, you know, it's way better. Strike force energy. Strike force energy. <laughs> I had some today. Nice. So uh, we had to talk about it. Uh, Strike force energy. We have partnered with them. They're a fantastic product. We put up a post maybe a week ago. Or it was a story and someone DM'd us and said like, oh, you guys are trying to, uh, you guys are just trying to get like sponsors now. You're trying to get money, like bit, more or less calling us a sellout. And what I responded was, and this is not kind of me justifying it, 
all the money that we make from FNBA goes back into FNBA. It gives us the opportunity to do things like host the tailgate uh, that we do for the Inner Service Academy games. This year it's going to be against West Point uh, at Falcon Stadium. It gives us money for that. Um, it gives us the opportunity to buy things in inventory, like the belts that people seem to like, the koozies, the flags, all that kind of stuff. And on top of that, we basically reached out to different brands who we believed in their product and we liked their product. And the way we see it, if we can get cadets a discount at the same time, that's awesome. So that's our rationale for doing this. We're not just like kind of selling out. Um, and so just to talk about the actual product itself, it's awesome. Um, I know cadets don't have a lot of space, um, but they consume energy drinks and coffee like crazy. Everybody needs that little zip. You said you're a big workout guy. You said you take it as like a pre-workout. Um, it comes in original flavor, which tastes a little like Red Bull, orange, grape, lemon, um, and it's all really fantastic. It comes in liquid form in little six milliliter pouches, and you can just mix it into any drink. I like to mix them into LaCroix, drink them in like the mid-morning, gives you that little burst of energy for the day. It's very clean, no sugar, no calories. It's an awesome product. My favorite flavor for a while was uh, original because, like I said, it tastes a little like Red Bull. You can mix it in anything, but I pour a little bit of the orange into a tangerine LaCroix. Very nice. Ooh, little cream yeah. action. Oh, yeah. I, and I feel like everybody says this when they do an ad read, but I legitimately do really like the product. Because that's what I'm saying. It's not a it's not a read. It was it was right. maybe yeah, a yeah. really it was maybe a really bad transition into the topic, but um, <laughs> like, definitely not a read. I like I bring my gym bag to work, and yeah, you could have a pre workout tub too. That's fine. But the thing I like about this is uh, I've got like four different flavors, right? So I can mix it up, and it's really easy. I just keep like twenty pouches in the front pocket of my gym bag, and then right before I go in the gym, I just put it in my shaker, fill it up with water. And you're good to go. You can fill it up with like a little bit of water. So it's really quick, like a shot or a whole, I think I forget the suggested amount. It's pretty much three quarters of a shaker cup amount. And then you can just kind of sip on it throughout the entire workout. And it's got like, I want to say it's, it has more milligrams of caffeine than a Red Bull, I believe. Yeah. Yeah. Which it's really is good honestly stuff. what you need for, for a workout in my opinion. Yeah, it's really good stuff. It was also the company was started by a former Navy SEAL. And so he kind of came from the same thing, like limited on carrying power and just getting tired of spending all that money. It's also you buy them and uh, it is cheaper than energy drinks per package. And so and obviously the more you buy, like the better the price is. And so because we partner with them, type in promo code uh, FNBA at checkout, you'll get 20 percent off. That's awesome. And it's going to support the podcast that obviously if you made it this far you don't exactly hate so um we appreciate that and we appreciate you kind of putting up with us uh putting it out there because we know that um you guys are here for content but that just helps out helps us out as well and then now to plug our own stuff uh you always do the minutes where can they go if they want to buy some of our awesome gear go to fastneedbelowaverage.com average is spelled avg um a lot of good stuff on there. We, we kind of throw out little things on the store every once in a while just to keep people people's attention there. And again, like Kamish said, we're not like we're not buying Range Rovers with this stuff. We might be able to afford like the tire caps that you put on the the thing that goes on the part where you plug in the hose to put on the tire. You know what I'm talking about? Maybe yeah, we, we can, can afford a we can afford a uh, Range Rover key fob. 
So that Maybe. way it's like so that way we can go to the bar and be like, oh <laughs> yeah. yeah, we have a Range Rover. And it's like, but your that key is clearly for a Toyota Camry. And we're like, yeah, but it's best in best in its class for fuel efficiency. Yeah, that's a good point. Um, but yeah, it just there's I think there's just stuff on there. The big thing is we just want you guys to have products that are funny, things that you think you would enjoy to wear or to use, and it just spreads the word about what we're trying to preach. So um, go check out what, what we got on there. And we've said it a, a few times, but there will actually be new products on there before 2023. You can take that to the bank. Absolutely. Um, yeah, again, congratulations to the class 2019. It means something different for everybody, but I know that it's a really, really special day. Um, and I, I hope you're not listening to this right now. If you're listening to this right now and you're in the class of 2019, that means you're not doing it right. So, well, um, could, if you're like on your way home or 60 days, it's a perfect time to listen to it. Yeah, that's true. Hopefully um, it's not on the 20, on the 30th or 31st that you're listening to it. Yeah. So go ahead and uh, please, from your adventures on 60 days, send us pictures, whether it has our gear in it or not. Uh, we love to see it and we'll love to feature it on Instagram and on Twitter or whatever you want us to put it on. And um, yeah, that's really all I have to say. I know it's an awesome time and congratulations. See ya. So yeah, I can be a pilot. At the Air Force Academy, I can be anything. Army and Navy, play for second. That's a long, big, beautiful blue line. You have some grit. You have some perseverance. I'll tell you what, you can do it now all areas of life. That's just the way you got to compete. Welcome to Thin Air. Yeah, yeah.